So I got up the bricks and we started building and she began to talk about how afraid she was and you know I kept promising her you know nobody knows what this journey is like so the only thing I felt comfortable promising her was that no matter what happened we were going to be in it together. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator, a caregiver support group leader, and an international presenter on how to respond to dementia behaviors. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two, because we all know laughter is the best medicine. And don't forget the wine, Mike. Oh, no, I won't forget your wine, sweetheart. Thank you. I do appreciate that. So when we were taking care of my dad, you helped him do a latch hook. I think that's the correct term. A latch hook teddy bear rug for our granddaughter, Ava, and started it before she was born when our daughter uh, was pregnant. And it seemed to calm him down, help him concentrate. Oh, absolutely. One of the things that he, he always wanted to be busy. He, he wasn't, you can't sit around and loaf all the time is what, what he would say. But, you know, yes, he it, would. it reached the point where he wasn't able to walk very much and there weren't very many things that he could do. Um, so I found this latch hook. He couldn't do it on his own completely, either um, the person that came in to help from time to time, or myself would sit with him and wrap the yarn around the hook, and then he would pull it through. And like you said, it started before Ava was born, and she was probably about, what, five or six months old when it was finished. Um, And we have a picture of him holding it and holding her. And of course, it's a priceless, priceless item belonging to that little girl who is going to be 13 next week. (laughs) Oh, my God, yes. How time flies. And that brings us to today's guest, uh, whose caregiver journey started in 2006 with her mother's dementia diagnosis. She began learning everything she could about dementia and became a fierce advocate for her mom. She and her mom have been featured in newspaper articles and journals, as well as a PBS special, and is one of Robin Roberts' Thriver Thursday's profiles for 2021. She's been an inspirational speaker on dementia and caregiving since 2014, and has written three books, Being My Mom's Mom, Refreshment for the Caregiver Spirit, and Colors Flowing from My Mind. We are pleased to welcome Ms. Loretta Vaney. Hi, Loretta. Thank you, Bobby and Mike. It is so great to be here with you this morning. Well, it's certainly great to have you. And I was so thrilled to discover you and find out that you have a program that involves Legos. (laughs) That's everybody's very, yes, indeed, that's everybody's favorite topic. So, yeah, my mom got me my first Lego kit, you know, just a plain one, not the one where you follow directions. She's just, you know, a box of bricks. I was about five and we used those Lego bricks, you know, throughout my entire childhood, all the way up to the colleges. It was always our connection where we could just build and talk, build and talk, build and talk. And when my mother was diagnosed in 2006, she would not 
discuss how she felt. So after the, you know, we all remember when we heard those words, dementia, you know, I listened to you all story as well. And everybody's terrified by that word. So driving home, she was just so sullen and sad. And I was like, well, how, you know, how are you feeling? Ah. And she just wouldn't really share. She's always, she had always been kind of quiet about that anyway. So when we got home, she has her own little container of Lego bricks. I got up the bricks and we started building and she began to talk about how afraid she was. And, you know, I kept promising her, you know, nobody knows what this journey is like. So the only thing I could that, that I felt comfortable sharing that and promising her was that no matter what happened, we were going to be in it together. Very similar to what you all did for Mike's dad. And so the Lego bricks have just, you know, maintained our connection. What was interesting was in 2014, that was the first year my actual birthday, January 3rd, 2014, was the first time she did not recognize me. And so since that time, the Lego bricks still kept us together, kept that recognition. Her eyes would come alive. And so when the New York Times and the Washington Post both came to the house to take photos of us for the articles that they had done on us, mom was like pushing some puzzle pieces around the table like she didn't even recognize that they were in our house with this huge camera right in her face and she just had that kind of blank stare and was just kind of there so the new york times photographer says well let's see the lego bricks so i get out the lego bricks and she starts clicking them together and then she recognizes the man with the big camera she says oh hello <laughs> like he just came in <laughs> he had been there for two hours already he said wow I thought you made that up. Wow. And she just called the blank stare goes, well, you know, and I'm, I'm going to just be honest. I, we all have these strategies that we do, you know, do, you know, we come up with to handle these, you know, behaviors and other things. And I just, I can accept everything about the disease, except that blank stare that drives me crazy. So AARP named me the entertainment director in their, on their caregiving stories page, because I was always finding something to do with my mom. And whether it was the Lego bricks or whatever else, but the Lego bricks are the things that, you know, the blank stare instantly is like a drug. It goes away and da-da, she's back kind of thing. It's amazing. So she she recognizes the bricks and it engages her creative, a creative portion of her, her brain. Yes. That brings her back to you. Yes. And her surroundings. Yes. And and it's a, it, it really is amazing to watch. And and more than one person has said, you know, that they like, wow, that's like really cool. So when the Robert Robbins Robin Roberts crew came to um, uh, DC, the DC area. I live in Maryland and my mom's in a group home in Maryland about eight minutes from me. And when they came, you know, they got to see it as well. And um, I had built this huge Lego exhibit for the longest day for the Alzheimer's Association and they filmed all of that as well. And so Lego art has really helped me with mom. But one of the greatest lessons I learned from my mom, that is the coolest thing. She always told us not only that, you know, with the Lego bricks, we could build whatever we wanted and we could be whatever we wanted. And we believe that. But she also taught us that when you find something that works, share it with other people. Don't keep it to yourself. So I started doing Lego events for family and professional caregivers. So Johns Hopkins is one of my largest partners. And I've been they have a zillion support groups, you know, families of people with dementia, you know, spouses of kids of children of and so all these all these um places are um you know the events are different but 
it all has the same result. So building joy and and hope is what we've been doing during the pandemic. So I'm a trained Lego Serious Play facilitator, and I'm trained to do it both in person and um, virtually. And so it's been a lifesaver during the pandemic, and it's really amazing. Now, are you using the larger size bricks or just the standard size bricks? What a great question. So if I am doing caregivers only, I am doing a... um, using a pack that Lego calls the Explorer bag. It is a sealed bag, which is perfect for COVID. So it's a sealed bag, has 48 pieces and a little Lego minifigure. And, you know, you use those to pose different tasks. And as I said, I've been building mostly, helping them build what's been stealing their hope. And then, you know, they recognize, oh, this has been stealing my joy during COVID. And then they break that apart. And then I have them build what brings them joy. And, you know, but the emotion comes a lot of times when they break it apart and they're like, wow, I didn't realize this thing, not being with my friends or couldn't see my family has been stealing my joy. So people have cried and done all kinds of things. And then they build joy. And then the last thing they usually do is build what will help them maintain their joy throughout the rest of the year into 2022. And what's been amazing about that is they get to keep that. And I hope they sit it on their desk or so when they walk by it, if they're having a bad caregiving day, they say, wow, here's that thing I built with Loretta. And this is how I was going to maintain my hope. Let me call Bobby and she'll cheer me up. And so that's what it is. So the, if, but when I did um, a sunrise uh, senior living facility last week in person in Silver Spring, Maryland, about 30 minutes from where I live, um, what we did Uh, The residents that had dementia uh, came with their care partners. And so I had the Duplos for folks with the dementia, but some of the care partners use the smaller bricks. So it depends on the audience, but I do have both. I have plenty of both (laughs) to go around. And it was amazing. You would not believe how I went last week. I had them build their favorite vacation. So these three people, a, a woman, her niece, and the niece's husband, they built this humongous cruise ship out of the the Duplos to, um, and that was their favorite vacation, their favorite memory of the three of them together. And I was about in tears. It was so amazing. I had them build home and some of them were building the home they grew up in in the 1930s. It it was just amazing. So it sounds to me like you get as much joy. (laughs) You get that out of out of being there. And I know Bobby gets a lot of joy out of helping when she does a consultation with a caregiver and the caregiver goes, ah, yes, she gets that. Ah, is fabulous. She gets so much out of that, that it just inspires you to just keep going and keep going. That's exactly right. And I don't know where I would have been without that with, you know, during the pandemic and, and one woman, you know, when she dropped her, this has been stealing my joy on the, on the, you know, really literally on the ground. She said, finally, something it broke into a zillion pieces. Something has finally captured what I've been feeling for the last 16 months. That's amazing. You know, stuck in this. Isn't that, isn't that just phenomenal? I yeah. could see doing that with children also who have a problem, yeah. you know, showing what their emotions are. Yes. There's a lot of groups that do that with kids with autism. A lot. It is a, absolutely amazing. Yes. One of the things like your connection with your mom is that you did Legos Mm -hmm. from the time you were little. The connection with the opera music with my dad was because that's what he listened to when he was a kid. Yes. So when he was agitated or whatever, or sometimes he just said, Hey, put the music on the thing. (laughs) 
and <laughs> on, on the, the thing, thing. Yes. Um, you know, he didn't under, he had a hard time with remote controls and understanding remote controls. Um, uh, but it always yes. seemed to settle him, calm him. And with the opera music, it would bring back memories of when he was a kid in Italy. Yes. And that's when we would pause the video or the CD and go on a little journey with him. And it was amazing yes. those things that you can find out if you just yes. take the time. You know, so many I see on a lot of the caregiver sites and, and, and a number of people that I consult with um, ask me, what can I give this person something to do? Um, how can yes. I keep them busy? And having discovered Legos, that's going to be on my recommendation for sure. <laughs> and what you're sharing with me now about oh, cool. saying, hey, why don't you build, you know, something, what you're feeling right now? Or why don't or build yes. something that you enjoy doing when you were a kid or something like that? Um, because yes. a person can only fold so many towels in short and in, in sort yes. so many marbles. <laughs> but with but with Legos, the possibilities are endless. Endless apps. That is a per, and that's the perfect word. And you know, we want their you know for them to be able to retrieve you know as many of their memories as possible. We want that to be endless too. And I and I and it has really done a lot for you. But Mike, you're so right. It it really brings me so much you know, joy. And that's how I came up with that topic. I wanted them to feel joy because, you know, during the pandemic, we've been isolated, we've been all kinds of things, or they may be just obviously very upset or sad or depressed about their diagnosis. And so it brings them back maybe even just a few minutes, but if we can get that smile and that laughter for those of them that can have wine, then, you know, we're good. And so I think that's very cool. You know, on your, on your website, I was reading your blog posts and mm -hmm. the most <laughs> recent one where you had the dental surgery, but you, yes. but you still went out. And it was, and it was interesting that the pain just kind of took a backseat to the joy that you were feeling because of the people and the response of the people. And Very I know true. the title had something to do with the pain was worth the joy or something like that. Yes. And they minimize the pain. Yes. And, and I found that it absolutely amazing and, and kind of gave me a warm and fuzzy because, you know, it's, it's not about us as the, the folks that help the caregivers. It's about helping the caregivers do what they need Very to true. do so they can be the best that they can be for their care recipient. Yes, exactly right. And I, it, it is, um, I, one of the women who came to one of the Building Hope sessions, she sent me an email right after it was over, and she said, you have no idea, you know, how much that lifted me up. She said, I was so down, and this kind of saved me. So we still, you know, communicate. So, you know, it's, um, you hope that when you're doing these kinds of sessions, that it has a, you know, long-lasting you know, kind of impact, or they can think back on it and think, oh, let me go get that, dig out those Lego bricks, because the, the beauty is they get to keep them. Mm -hmm. And so you, the look, the Le the Duplos I have to bring home, but the, the, if they have the sets, the little kit that Lego makes in the individual little bag, 
um, they can keep that. And I just bought some resealable bags that they can take it home. Now that we're going to be doing some in-person stuff again, they can take them home. And mm-hmm. like I said, I hope they keep it on their desk and can use it again and rebuild something else, um, depending on how they're feeling and as a tool for them whenever they, they need a little pick me up. So that's how I hope this will continue to play out. I'm sure, I'm sure it will. One thing I, I, I'd like to take a few minutes to ask you to talk about. Um, sure. You said that, you know, you were on our website and you, you learned about Roger. Tell us about your mother. Yes. What a woman. Yeah. I, so she raised us pretty much as a um, a single mom and and. And, and that was interesting because it, it has a lot to do with some of the presentations that I do. I talk a lot about um, forgiveness. And I thought she was just the greatest mom, you know, ever. She, We were born and raised in D.C. We are fifth generation Washingtonians. Not that many of us are out. You know, <laughs> it was, you know it's such a transient city. People come in as the administrations change and all that. And so fifth generation. And my mother you know, took us to the Smithsonian museums all the time. And that was, it turned out to be my first job, you know, when I was 13, I worked at this, I sold candy at the Smithsonian. <laughs> and so she always made sure we did all the, we didn't have a lot of money, but she made sure we did every free thing. And one of the most amazing lessons we learned from her, she was all about reading. <laughs> so during the summer we had books, you know, we, we had to choose to read. Uh, she was a, just a true believer in libraries. And when my mother was little, she was born in a section of DC called Foggy Bottom. And it's right near the Watergate and the Kennedy Center, if you've ever been there, literally across the street from that. And back in the day, my mother was born in 1929. So back in the day, they they lived a mile, mile and a half, basically, from the the closest library, which is the Georgetown Library, which is still there. It's beautifully Mm -hmm. historic building and all that. But back then, African-Americans could only go to the library on Sundays and they would walk the mile and a half every Sunday to check out books or return books. And so when I was six or so, my mom got us, you know, me my first library card and she gave me the card and she said, this is a privilege and you will always read and learn and yada, yada. And it was just amazing. And I have been a passionate, you know, book person, too, in addition to my Legos. Uh, and that was one of the greatest lessons I learned. And my sister and I always read and uh, she was just fascinating in that sense. And she was a, a 25-year federal government employee. She was a uh, secretary for what used to be health education and welfare, which is now Department of Education. And she helped other people learn, too. And so it was just, um, you know, a great thing. When I say the forgiveness piece, one of the things that happened that was interesting, uh, <laughs> I was born at home accidentally in my grandmother's house because my <laughs> mother thought she had indigestion. <laughs> And by the time she figured out it was not indigestion from the banana split she had earlier, I was out. And so the only two people there awake were my mom and dad. They were spending the weekend with my grandparents. And I was born in a blizzard, so they couldn't go out to, to, you know, take me to the hospital. So the doctor was like, okay, just count all the fingers and toes. And it all seemed to be there, so it was cool. And so <laughs> when, the, when the blizzard was over, <laughs> my dad went to the store and never came back. And so I uh, had a very long security career. I just retired in June. Um, And so I spent most of my uh, late teenage years and my early 20s looking for my father. And I eventually found him. I got my private investigator's license when I was 21. (laughs) I found him. So they got their divorce and everything. But I always wondered, why did he leave us? Well, it turns out in 2011, um, 
my uh, keeper of all secrets aunt, Aunt Franny, thought she was dying. And she told me the family secret that it was my mother that had kept my father from having a relationship with us. And it was devastating for me because my mother watched me all those years search for my dad. But here's the thing. By 2011, my mother could no longer have a conversation about why would you do that? What were you thinking? And all that. And so I had to let that go. And so I, I do remember crying hysterically for a little while. And then, you know, at 20 minutes or so, I just, I was basically on the floor. So I got up off the floor and, and just, I let it go because she could not answer the questions that I had. And, you know, when I speak at a lot of churches, I said, wow, you know, tell us about forgiveness. You know, forgiveness does play a huge role in caregiving. And in order to be the best caregiver you be, you have to let all this stuff go. And like, as I'm sure, you know, you all experience too, you know, sometimes they say mean things and you know, it's not them, it's the disease. One of the podcasts, you know, I listened to that you all had done and said, it's the disease. It's not Mike's dad. This is not the person you used to know. And so I just had to let all that go. I, you know, I would never get the answers that I wanted. And the, the short story is my dad was gay. This, this, that's really what it was. And my mother, you know, once he chose to, you know, this other man over her, she insisted he not have any more contact with, with, with us. And so that's how it played out. But I just moved on. And, you know, it was the first day that day just became the first day of the rest of our life together. And sometimes you just have to accept you're not going to get an answer. So I want to throw something out real quick when you talk about forgiveness sure. and you talk about faith and forgiveness. There's a yes. quote by John St. John Paul II, and it says, mm -hmm. forgiveness is above all a personal choice, a, yes. de a decision of the heart to go against the natural instinct to pay back evil with evil. Wow. Yes. I love it. Well, as I listen to you talk, you and Mike have a great deal in common because he was a yes. he was a lifetime um, federal employee as well, and he's very familiar with the areas of D.C. that you were talking about. Um, Yay! But I, I I do appreciate that you brought up forgiveness because this is t caring for somebody with dementia, as as you well know. And one of the reasons why your Lego program is so valuable is, is because it can be so frustrating. And unfortunately, yes. so many caregivers walk into it not knowing what they're, what they're taking on. Um, very true. And because so that decision true. is made early in the disease, and unfortunately, people aren't educated as to how long it's going to take, how difficult it's going to be, and what those behaviors look like. Yes. And how to respond to them in a way that doesn't amp up the the aggression. And one of those tools now we can tell people about is bring out those Legos and and <laughs> and, and visit and visit so Loretta's site. <laughs> and it's it's really amazing because even in the car and and Mike, so you if you know DC, you know DC traffic. And some of the, you know, I tried to schedule all her appointments early in the, you know, in the day after rush hour so we can be home before the next rush hour. So in the car, you know, you're behind some big accident or something. I even had a little um, set in the car and I had made some fidget toys for her out of Legos. Uh, most Lego people don't glue anything together, but some of the ones that I made that spin around and all that I had in the car to keep her attention. So, and you know, you can't really build in some of these doctor's offices. So some of the ones that I made for her just to sort of play with and you know they were already built but she absolutely loved them so as you say as the disease progressed i just kept adapting 
to, you know, how I use the Legos, what I did with them, what I tried to have in the car. So, you know, in my in my uh, presentations, I talk about preparation. Don't leave the house without something. If you go into a doctor's appointment, don't leave the house without some little toys in the car <laughs> because and then people are like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that. Because, you know, you, you're you waiting to get to the doctor's office where they have magazines. But what happens when you go to one with enough, no magazines to flip through? You better have something because it's like having a two-year-old without a nap sometimes mm-hmm. when you go to these appointments. And so I people are like, wow, I would have not thought of that. So I talk about, you know, preparation, you know, for each of the stages. Like you got a, you know, a walker. But what about when they need a hospital bed? You know, always Go to that next step. What are you going to need next? What are you going to need next? And try to prepare in that way. Um, can you tell us about training as a facilitator and serious play? <laughs> yes. So if you Google Lego serious play, it is a methodology that helps organization and people uh, improve their communication. And so both you know, sharing and listening. So the facilitator's role in Lego Serious Play is to focus on whatever tasks the group wants to accomplish. So you can work with organizations who may want to work on their mission statement or next year's strategic plan. And so they give me what they want to accomplish in the session, and then I build questions to that. What is cool about it, most of all, is that it's what I call an equalizer. What that means is I've been in the same room with the CEO all the way down to the janitorial staff, the coffee cart person, the cafeteria workers, all in the same room. And so it only has a couple rules. Everybody agrees to build. Everyone agrees to share. Because you know how you go to some meetings, one or two people talk and the rest of the people don't say a word. Right. They just nod like mm, whatever. And But here, everybody builds and then we go around the the room or the circle on on Zoom and everybody shares what they built. What has been fascinating is sometimes the CEO, you know, has worked next to some person for 10 years, but yet never had a discussion about whatever it is we're building. And so sometimes the CEO will say, how long has that person been here? Like 10 years. Like, oh, and so sometimes the employees are just overjoyed because even if they don't use their idea, of, of what they want to change within the company or something. At least they felt heard. So, um, you know, you get commitment right away. You know, we're going to all build and share and everybody raises their hand because the moment, you know, you don't want anybody to say, well, I don't feel like, you know, go, can you come back to me? No. And so you get that agreement and people just feel comfortable sharing because there's something about a little Lego brick. So the facilitator's role is not only to make sure everybody is heard, but also <laughs> that it's only about the model. So all the personalities go right out the window. So, you know, the person, Bobby, I don't like what you said at last week's meeting. So my job, I would say, where's that in the model? (laughs) So if it's not in the little Lego model, you can't talk about it. And so and so I just switched that up a little to apply it to caregivers. So I came up with tasks to build or memories to to build um, as it applied to the different caregiving groups. And so that's how I tailored it to that. So I dedicated 2021 to Year of the Caregiver. So I took this, the um, facilitation class in Charlotte, North Carolina. My husband drove me down there and it was a week long. And I have to say, it was incredibly intense. And um, the people that teach it are, you know, sometimes 20, 30 year employees of Lego. The person I that took it from, Robert Rasmussen, he was a 30-year Lego employee. And my husband and I had been to Lego headquarters in Denmark. Uh, I've been three times. 
and they have these uh, ev- uh, master facilitator training sessions. Um, you know, every year you can go and learn from other facilitators too. So, so you can continue to hone your craft like you would in any other thing. So there are some of the best facilitators out there in that, but it's a cool thing. And if you get on the Lego website and if you Google Lego serious play, you can see the Explorer bag that they have this little cute thing. And it has 48 pieces in it. And you can build a lot with 48 pieces. And do they provide those to you for your, for your session? So you buy them. Yep. And they cut, they sell them in a hundred um, packs to a box. And I'm doing a thing November 3rd in um, Redondo Beach, California, for a company called Honor, which just recently acquired Home Instead. And 80 some people are going to be there in person. I'm taking all that. I don't, I have a love hate relationship with the U.S. Postal Service. I'm taking all the Lego bricks on the plane with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to have the 80 some little packs of thing. And we're going to do, they want to do team building and we're going to have them build joy as well. And they're pretty excited about it. So, well, before we end the episode, I want to make sure we mention that in 2019, you were Trailblazer of the Year by Johns Hopkins Medicine. I was. So I want to get that out there too. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was. And, you know, and it's, it's really amazing. I, I'm looking at uh, the, the award is gorgeous. And I'm looking at one of the appreciation um, things I've gotten from them. They have so many support groups. And they have this wonderful program called Called to Care. Mm. Called to Care. And it is wonderful. Because as, as you know, not everybody is built to be a caregiver. Let's just be honest. And so the Code to Care program is so successful because it gives them tools to be successful as a caregiver. And I love that. So I've spoken to, they have something called Elder Plus. Uh, they have all kinds of different programs. I've spoken to every single one of them. And people love it. Like, oh, Loretta's coming. And so I got to be really popular. I've spoken up and down the East Coast for Hopkins. You know, they're not just in Baltimore, Maryland. And I've done a lot of different conferences for them. And I stay late. I arrive early. You know, some people show up for a conference and they just speak and leave, you know, get back on the plane. I stay all day and I I try to be there for folks. And so that, I think, is is what got me nominated. And so they called me and told me that, you know, I had been selected. I was very surprised and, and so grateful. And my mother would just be thrilled if she understood it. When I showed her the plaque, and I mean, it, it was huge. And uh, this is, you know, I've never seen a design like this. And I took it to the group home and showed it to her. And she said, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) It's gorgeous. And, you know, any kind of recognition you get is special uh, because it says you're doing the right thing. No matter how many days it might be frustrating. And and so, yeah, it was amazing. So I'm just thrilled. Well, you know, Loretta, you're not that far away from us. So hopefully we can we can meet up in person sometime. I would love that. Absolutely love that. And I, it just feels so good to drive again. I drove to, I went to a conference in New York. Um, that's what, and I'm going to just be honest. You had a choice of being, going virtually, you know, doing it virtually or going in person. I chose to go in person because uh, Lego just opened a two-level store on Fifth Avenue in Rockefeller Center. And, yeah. and the, the place where I was speaking, Cornell Medical School, uh, New York Presbyterian Hospital, uh, I was one of uh, only two caregivers that spoke, and it was academicians and scientists and doctors and all that. And so I chose to go in person just so I could go to the new Lego store. It was phenomenal. I got a lot of different pieces than, than um, some new pieces that I hadn't seen. So, yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely worth it. And a little ulterior motive there, huh? <laughs> 
I'm I'm always gonna scope out the Lego stores, and and I think that's one of the things. I think we all have something that keeps us going through this, you know, Lego thing. So I'm already looking forward to the California event. A because there will be so many people in the room, and I'll be very curious to see how it works with a group that size, and and hope they leave just as energized and joyful as I hope they will be. Not a doubt in my mind. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> well, Loretta, um, it's it's been an absolute joy. You are an absolute delight, and you Thank you you, so you brighten up. Uh, you know, we're not in the same room, but you surely right. is, have brightened this room. And uh, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be on this show. And I'm sure thank our you. listeners got a lot of good insights from you. I hope so too. Thank you all so much, Bobby and Mike, for having me. I appreciate it. Wow, I um, I. I didn't get a chance to write down so, uh, anything <laughs> I because I was so engaged at what she was saying, but I saw you writing. Well, I, I noted, you know, what she said about Johns Hopkins and the call to care, because I frequently tell people who, you know, they've reached the end of their rope that not everybody can do this and not everybody should do this. Uh, and to take advantage of the resources that are there for, for people who they can support them in other ways other than being the, the day-to-day caregiver. That's correct. And, and we've, we've talked about that a, a number of times. Sometimes the best thing you can do for the person that needs care is to step aside and let somebody else do yeah. it. And you remain their loving family member, and, and it works better for both of us. You can find more information about Loretta on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes, post a review, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question or issue you'd like for us to address, please post on the Roger That Facebook page. To find out more about us, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company.